Prepare to have your health questions answered here on Safe, Effective, Natural Solutions with Dr. Todd Binkley, owner of Binkley Healing Center in downtown Ventura. Now, here's Dr. Todd. Good afternoon. I am Dr. Todd Binkley, board-certified doctor of non-force chiropractic and practitioner of functional medicine. February is always heart disease awareness month. I've been getting some questions coming in, and I'm going to address one of those first. I got a question from a listener whose husband has learned he has a 70% blockage in his right carotid artery. That's the main artery in the neck that supplies most of the blood flow to the brain and she was concerned that um, he was getting you know recommendations for various procedures and she wanted to know whether or not the open surgery procedure called endarctectomy or a stent was better obviously it's nice when you can get a stent for a lot of heart blockages a stent is preferred it's standard um, but with the carotid arteries Uh, The research has been recently updated and is not so good. It still recommends open heart surgery plus the fact, just the fact, not open artery surgery, the fact that the carotid artery is so close to the surface in the neck also makes that better. So I was happy to answer that question for her and I invite you to send your questions about any topic. I'm not a cardiovascular surgeon, but I do have access to medical information that is difficult for other people to decipher. And I'm happy to answer those questions for you and provide you with the latest, most relevant data to support your decision-making for your health or the health of your loved one. We're going to talk about a great case a little bit later. We're going to talk about some studies that have come out, uh, chief among them, a study about low vitamin D levels ca- causing increasing risk of cardiovascular disease in young, in young adults. And also, here's a headline for you. Why are we letting insurers dictate patient care? Prior authorization is wreaking havoc on patient health. So I'm going to come back to that article in a minute as well. But first, I'd want to give you an overview on how to prevent heart disease. There's three simple steps anyone can do to prevent heart disease. Heart disease is the number one cause of death. It's really important to understand this. I'm excited. I'm always excited in February to present this to people who are interested because most heart disease is preventable. It's not as easy as snapping your fingers or saying, yeah, I'd like to do that. You actually have to do something to prevent it, but you can do something to prevent it. Several things, and I hope to arm you with a clearer understanding of what would make an actual difference. So to simplify things as much as possible, there's three steps to preventing heart disease. Number one, keep the pipes clear. Number two, keep the pressure low. Number three, keep the pump strong. So what does that mean? Number one, keep the pipes clear. Well, it means keeping your arteries clear of blockages. And so most people then first think of cholesterol. Oh, yeah, I got to take my Lipitor and my Zocor, like my doctor told me to keep my cholesterol low. Well, cholesterol is a factor 
in the blockages that clog your arteries. It is a, it is one of the, the main things, the plaque formation in your arteries is a combination. It starts, that's the most important thing. Cholesterol does not clog your arteries. Plaque clogs your arteries. Cholesterol is like a party crasher. It sneaks in when your guard is down. It's inflammation that drives plaque formation. Inflammation causes micro tears and disruptions in the inner lining of your blood vessels, which then are healed with little scab-like formations, which are made of three things. Fibrin, the main protein that is the that forms scar tissue anywhere in your body, and cholesterol and calcium. So that's why most doctors are concerned about your calcium levels, because most doctors know that most people have inflammation. And in, if, you have, if you have a body filled with inflammatory debris constantly from poor diet and stress mainly, then the worse your cholesterol is, the more cholesterol, uh, the higher the cholesterol, the higher likelihood that you're going to have plaque formation or worse plaque formation because you've already got the initiation of the disease. But guess what? When they do studies on 50,000 people or more in hospitals, the net result is half the people who show up with heart attacks or strokes have little, low or normal, low or normal cholesterol. So uh, there was a study, a national study done on 53,000 hospital admissions for people with heart attack or stroke. And half of them had low or normal cholesterol. So obviously cholesterol is not the problem. Cholesterol is along for the ride. Cholesterol contributes to the problem, but only if you have the problem caused by inflammation in the first place. Little tears in the lining of your blood vessels initiate the process of plaque formation. I'll say that again. Inflammation causes the inner lining of your blood vessels to become brittle instead of flexible, like their normal state. And when little tiny tears, little micro tears occur in the endothelium, the inner lining of your blood vessels, your body has to heal those tears with something like a scab, like when you cut your skin. And those bridges, the, the, the scabs that bridge the gaps, then those little micro tears are made up of fibrin, the main protein, the main tissue used to heal and repair a scar. If you cut your skin, the same fibrin is also what is repairing uh, that scar. Fibrin, cholesterol, and calcium. So having high Inflammation in combination with high cholesterol will increase your risk of heart disease. But if you have low risk, if you have low inflammation, even if your cholesterol is high, then you will not get the standard plaque formation that most people get on the standard American diet because you're controlling for, for inflammation. And there are ways to test for that and ensure that you are doing a good job of keeping inflammation low. It's so much more important to keep inflammation low than it is to keep cholesterol low because 
Cholesterol does not cause heart disease. Inflammation causes heart disease. If you keep the inflammation low, then the amount of cholesterol matters little. So you want to keep the pipes clear by keeping cholesterol low. So it's important to know where, uh, if you don't do that, what happens? Well, plaque builds up, piles up mostly where there's a fork in the pipes. So in the carotid arteries, which are the main arteries in your neck that supply blood flow to the brain, and the femoral arteries where the main aorta from your heart going down through your abdomen branches off to both of your legs and in several other places. Anytime, anywhere there's a, a fork in the road, plaque can tend, will tend to build up there. Also, any place there's just a lot of blood flow, a lot of stress. So as everyone knows, the arteries to the heart are prime places to form plaque. But again, that plaque does not form unless you have chronic, meaning long-standing, uh, over long periods of time, inflammation in your bloodstream from stress, from diet, from lack of nutrients to keep your arteries clear and your health strong. So what does that mean to keep your health strong? Well, we'll talk a lot about that, but you know, obvious things, vegetables, fruit, good fats, and other important nutrients reduce inflammation to make it less likely for you to have injuries in the blood vessels in the first place. So inflammation is the body's normal response to injury. This is the normal response to any kind of irritant. It's the response to infection. It's sort of like a microscopic combination of the Marines and the Army Corps of Engineers and the Red Cross. It's a complex, organized attempt to destroy an invader, to suppress an irritant, or repair damaged tissue. So if, so if you have a virus or some poisonous chemical or you smash your thumb, inflammation is your friend. But if you don't have a virus and you haven't burned your finger or cut yourself or broken a bone, then inflammation is sort of like a group of bored teenagers with a bad attitude and too much time on your hands, wreaking havoc throughout your body. So chronic inflammation, and I always have to remind people, chronic does not mean bad, chronic does not mean severe, chronic just means taking place over a long period of time, like chronos, like chronology. Chronic means something's been around for a long time. So chronic inflammation occurs when physical, chemical, dietary, even emotional irritants are constantly prodding your organs to basically dial 911, even when there's no clear and present danger. Irritants like this trigger an automatic but mild response, so you don't notice it. It's, you, don't, you don't know anything's happening at all, but it goes on indefinitely for years even, as long as that irritant is present. I'm Dr. Todd Binkley, and you're listening to Safe, Effective, Natural Solutions to Almost Any Health Challenge. The focus this month is on heart disease, and I am uh, referring to notes of mine from a lecture I've given several times on heart disease at Community Memorial Hospital 
when I did it the first time, it was so popular, they asked me to come back and several nurses attended to get some continuing education units before that. I've mentioned before that I love teaching and it was it's always fun to do this because I provide a contrarian uh, message to what people normally hear in standard medical training. And so that's always fun. I've presented this talk at St. John's Hospital to uh, heart, heart disease support groups and rotary clubs and other service clubs. But anyway, I, I decided that it would get just to get people's attention. You know, I don't have the benefit of, of having a PowerPoint to present to you radio listeners. But what I'm looking at right now is a picture of normal lungs right next to a picture of smoker lungs. And to just, you know, make it as clear as possible and have a little fun with it, I've decided to do a series of slides on how to increase inflammation. So understand, for the next few minutes, I'm talking about things that you don't want to do. So here's how you can increase inflammation that causes cardiovascular disease. Inhale smoke. The worst kind is from cigarettes, but smoke from any source will increase inflammation that wrecks your lungs and your cardiovascular system. So smoke from cigarettes, but also from incense, from exhaust, from car exhaust, from living near a freeway, from working in an environment where you're constantly exposed to smoke, burning anything in your home and smelling the smoke from that, including wood-burning fireplaces. I love a wood-burning fireplace, but... Don't breathe the smoke. So another way to increase inflammation is to eat lots of fried food. So, you know, fried junk food, everyone knows what fried food is. But the worst of all the fried foods, you know, the the two worst fried foods are French fries. Number two coming in, the runner-up is French fries because potatoes have almost no nutrients in them. When you peel them, they have no nutrients left. They're just starch. And then the fast food industry coats them with things that make them so crunchy and delicious, like chemicals that give them flavor and make them golden and crispy and basically manipulate you into thinking you need more and more of them. Has anyone ever eaten a serving of French fries and not wanted more of them immediately? That's a bad sign. That's very similar to the addiction that occurs when you eat sugar. So number one, for the worst possible fried foods you could eat, you can eat, people do eat all the time, are donuts. You've got the triple whammy with donuts, the starch of the flour, the sugar of all the other crap they put on donuts, and the fact that they fry them in grease, which is, if you knew what happens, go ask someone who's owned a donut shop. What do they do with that grease after a while? It's a toxic waste product that is regulated by by the Environmental Protection Agency, don't quote me on that. It might be some other government agency, but there's whatever agency governs the removable of and, and hazardous waste. The removal and proper disposal of hazardous waste is involved behind, in the back, behind every donut shop. That grease that they boiled, they fried those donuts in, it, it becomes a toxic waste product. And that is what your donuts are lifted from right before you eat them. 
So, yeah, donuts, top of the list. Worst thing you could possibly eat to increase inflammation. But there's lots of other ways to increase inflammation that cause cardiovascular disease. You can eat lots of processed foods. So stay away from the perimeter of the grocery stores where all the good food is, all the fresh vegetables and fresh meats and real cheese and, you know, anything made fresh. And stick to the center aisles where all the processed foods like anything especially anything that's room that's meant to be to be kept fresh at room temperature so chips cheetos cookies crackers anything that's designed to be have a shelf life for a long time at room temperature is probably filled with things that will increase inflammation so the, one of the best ways, if you're a listener to this show, you've heard me talk about this a long time. I'm sorry, I'm never going to stop. Eat lots of grains, starch, and sugar. So grains are things that are made from wheat. Starch are things that are made from starchy plants that aren't grains like potatoes and corn. And, of course, sugar. So grains, starch, and sugar. So breakfast cereal is a great way. Start your day with breakfast cereal. That's a great way to increase inflammation in your body and increase your risk of heart disease, especially if you then add some pancakes covered with high fructose corn syrup masquerading as real brown syrup and muffins. If you think muffins are healthy food, Google, go to YouTube and listen to Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan is a comedian that talks about how muffins are basically cake. How did that slip in there? You dress up a cupcake as a breakfast food and suddenly people think that's healthy? It is not. So inflammation is what drives plaque formation. And scientists have identified several markers of inflammation that predict the risk of heart attack and stroke. Everyone knows that cholesterol, total cholesterol, LDL, bad cholesterol, HDL, good cholesterol. Others are homocysteine, things like Interleukin-6, lipoprotein A, C-reactive protein. There are studies that have been around for over 20 years that show that C-reactive protein is a much stronger predictor of cardiovascular events than total cholesterol. But so, okay, enough of that now. Enough of talking about ways to, if you just tuned in, everything you heard for the previous few minutes were things that I do not recommend ways to increase inflammation and obviously the goal is to do the opposite so inflammation drives plaque formation so to reduce it consume fish oil there are three nutrients that i recommend everyone consume even without testing them and they are a good multivitamin with adequate absorbable minerals which is never a one a day it's always a high quality product from a company like Orthomolecular Products, Metagenics, Designs for Health, Thorn Research, and is usually three to four capsules per day for minerals that your body can actually absorb. Number one, a good multi for the minerals. Number two, 5,000 units of vitamin D. 5,000 units is the standard dose of vitamin D, and we're going to see shortly how that can reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease, even in youth. youth. And infl- so inflammation can also be reduced by fish oil. 
Fish oil reduces. There are numerous studies that show that consuming fish oil, consuming omega-3 fatty acids that you can only get from the ocean, which are DHA, docosahexaenoic acid, and EPA, eicosapentaenoic acid. Consuming fish oil reduces interleukin-6, one of the most pro-inflammatory cytokines. When people talk about inflammation, what is inflammation exactly? Well, it is the production of chemicals that course through your blood system, including things like inflammatory cytokines, interleukin-6, chief among them. Consuming fish oil reduces interleukin-6. Consuming fish oil also reduces lipoprotein A, which is another test that most doctors don't do, which is a much stronger indicator of your risk of imminent heart attack or stroke. Lipoprotein A. Knowing your levels of this is also much more important than simply knowing how much cholesterol you have. Total cholesterol, bad cholesterol, good cholesterol, etc. I promised I'd present a great case just to give you an idea of what's possible. I had an 82-year-old female who had been running a high blood pressure of 160 over 90 for many years. 20 years she'd been running roughly 160 over 90, and she refused to take blood pressure medication because it made her dizzy. It made her feel wobbly. She was a very sharp woman. Uh, and she didn't want, she didn't like the side effects of the blood pressure medication, so she refused to take it. But when she came to me, for other reasons, she came to me for neck pain because she was a concert violinist. And but she eventually described to me this situation. I said, "Well, it's really not a good idea to not take. You should take blood pressure medication if your blood pressure is that high. You only get one heart. You're going to wear it out." And I asked her if she'd ever taken a number of nutrients that I recommended for reducing blood pressure, like fish oil, pomegranate juice, and reducing inflammation in the vascular system, which all basically have the same synergistic effect. It's not that nutrients don't work like drugs. There's no nutrient, one nutrient to lower your blood pressure. There's no one nutrient to reduce inflammation in all of your blood vessels to prevent the formation of plaque. There's no one nutrient to slow rapid heartbeat and relax your you from all of your stress. There's no one nutrient that provides the most essential. Well, there is one. CoQ10 actually is one nutrient that provides uh, the essential cofactor to healing and repairing heart muscles. So anyway, I asked her, I told her about a number of nutrients I'd recommend and asked her if she'd ever tried any of those before. And she said, oh yeah, individually, I've tried all of those. I said, have you ever tried all of those things. Fish oil, pomegranate juice, turmeric, natokinase, uh, an enzyme that breaks down that fibrin that forms that horrible plaque, coenzyme Q10, and an adequate dose, and some other vitamins and minerals. I also recommended that she do some stretching exercises for flexibility, relaxation, and stress relief. She said, well, why would I do all those things at the same time? Then I won't know what's working. Well, she did all of them at the same time. And in six weeks, her blood pressure went from 160 over 90 to 130 over 80. 
that's a huge reduction in an 82-year-old. It's really, it's relatively easy to reduce blood pressure 20, 30 points in someone in their 30s or 40s or their 50s who's really high stress. But as the older you get, the more rigidity, the more plaque, the more degradation is inevitably going to build up in your blood vessels, even if you have great genes, which she apparently had. But her blood pressure went down from off the charts, too high, super dangerous range, to in a safe range in six weeks by taking a whole bunch of nutrients that were synergistic, that worked in combinations to alleviate the effects of everything else that was happening in her body and her life. It looks like we're about out of time. I'm Dr. Todd Binkley. You've been listening to Safe Effective Natural Solutions. I would love to help you identify your risk factors for cardiovascular disease, yours or those of someone you love. I'd be honored to help you come up with a solution by using proper testing to identify what's really important. That's what it comes down to. You know, heart disease is the number one cause of death in America because we all do things that stress our cardiovascular system. So how important is it for you to make a change in your life right now or someone you love? And how do you know? How do you know what's going to make a difference? Well, proper testing and a proper consultation. I've helped hundreds, thousands of people reduce their risk of heart disease. I'd love to do that for you. Tune in next week, next Friday at 4 p.m. Have a fantastic weekend. You've been listening to Safe, Effective Natural Solutions with Dr. Todd Binkley. If you have a health question you want discussed on the show, email your health questions to drbinkley at binkleyhealingcenter.com. Take advantage of this opportunity to ask questions for yourself and for your loved ones because our health matters. Join him next Friday at 4 p.m., for safe, effective natural solutions right here on 983 the word KDAR